This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM, brought to you by me, Richard Bradbury, and my good friends, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my, and of course, that man with the news, Mr. Ari Fruz. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, and good evening. Hello, everybody. As usual, a show in three parts today. We've got some news at the top of the show, then we've got some local car launches just coming up after that, and then a fancy car review. It's a Lexus, but we'll get all to that a little bit later on. Let's kick off then. What news have you got for us, Mr. Arifru? In terms of news, uh, well, it's the first day of December. It is. What? What? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about that time where, you know, we set goals, we review the year and we reflect. Mariah's on on the radio. Yes, Mariah's on the radio. Yes. Um, But also about the time where the government feels like they need to remind us that we need to renew our road tax and driver's license and insurance before the end of the year. 31st December is Uh when the deadline ends uh, for the extension of, you know, expired licenses and taxes and insurance. So... Um, there is our public service reminder, I guess. That's it. A funny thing, gentlemen, you know, this afternoon I was rushing from a meeting from lunch to back home and there was actually a roadblock very near my home and they were doing the exact same thing, but they were not charging anyone. They were just stopping people and saying, excuse me, expired, remember to renew. So I think that's a good kind of roadblock. That's a good kind of roadblock. But shouldn't they be saying, excuse me, expired, uh, here's the compound? Isn't that I, what they I think they're being be good because it's, it's a season to be jolly. All right. But that's what they should be doing, right? I mean, I'm, yes, I'm not... Yes. Okay, okay. Just wanted yeah. to check. According to some statistics, we haven't done one of those in a long time. No, no, you mean you haven't done one of those? I haven't one. You know, I I need that statistics. Uh, But from JPJ's uh, Deputy Director General a few weeks ago, apparently 3.78 million cars still have not renewed their road tax and insurance. So you can head to any JPJ, UTC or post office to do so. But uh, speaking of JPJ centres and UTCs, apparently the Transport Minister did visit a JPJ centre just to see how it was going to check it out and see why aren't people renewing their licenses. And it's, as it turns out, it was just simply inconvenient. And he was, oh. Yeah, he was angered by all the long queues for the license renewal. And he said specifically that JPJ counter system currently is ancient and needs to be modernized. And he was apparently even told by the public uh, who was talking to him there that some UTCs don't even end up offering renewal services and the online methods, as we have experienced, it is still a pain to use. But yeah. this is this is great that you know there are actual feet on the ground and having a look and seeing these problems and understanding what the rest of the people have to go through. Mm-hmm. But it, it also makes a good argument for the case of well, you, how how did you not know about this before? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, am I right? Am I, I mean, I'm not just saying it, speaking out of turn, am I? You know, no, 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 absolutely correct. Daniel, why are you being so quiet? This is why you're supposed to be you know, on my side and backing me No, back. because, you know, I'm on my phone messaging the transport minister and asking I him. I see. Asking him, got project or not, because got to update the, <laughs> <laughs> the JPJ, you know, whether I can apply for the project. <laughs> We're going to go in trouble. Anyway. Jolly days, jolly days. Yes, jolly days. As mentioned, you know, it is December. It's about a time where everybody sets goals and reviews where they are and where they would like to be. You know, in the next 10 years, there's big questions. 
and Nissan, they had to look at themselves and they thought, you know, they've struggled over the past few years, to be honest. The past decade has been terrible. You know, they've had most recently the pandemic to deal with. They've had a lot of aging products. The Nissan GTR is almost, what, 13, 14 years old now. Yep. Restructuring of the mRNA, not about the vaccines, but Mitsubishi Renault Nissan Alliance. <laughs> and of course, a man that we've uh, followed for quite some time, who is now a fugitive, Mr. Carlos Gone. But, you know, I, I want to just stop you there a little while. Yeah. Despite Nissan having all these problems over the last decade, uh-huh. The used values of their cars have just skyrocketed. Yeah. <laughs> the Sylvia, you know, yeah. the old 180 SX, the, the Skylines, you know. So that's good news for the used car Nissan market. They are a legendary brand. Yes. They're, yes. they're a brand that needs to live with us, not just Correct. in our rearview mirrors. Correct. But it's good. You know, recently they've, they've announced a few cars, uh, two of which are very, very important. The Nissan 400Z return of the Z Sports car and obviously Mm. the new Nissan X-Trail or the Nissan Rogue in different markets, which is also a very, very popular car. But still, there was a need for a plan to get themselves out of this rut. And, you know, Nissan, one of the pioneers of the modern electric car, they have announced that they will spend 17.6 billion US dollars to invest in electrification and obviously to keep up with everybody else because as Daniel mentioned or alluded to, it's been a terrible decade for them, to be honest. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) A lot of these details are going to be revealed next Monday uh, when they you know, make their big, huge press conference. But they have mentioned that the first step would be to electrify China, which is their biggest market. And they'll introduce 20 new electrified models by the end of 2022, which they hope will result in 1 million more cars sold, 30% of those sales being electric. And then from there, they will introduce 15 electric cars for the rest of the decade up to 2030, including a new Nissan Leaf, which we are all fans of. Yeah. And make a possibly game-changing transition from lithium-ion batteries to solid-state batteries in 2029. It's a long way, but Rich, I'm sure you know how much big of a difference this will make for electric cars, right? Yep. It helps with how fast it charges. It helps on how long it sustains a charge. Uh, That idea of people worried about how far they can go between one place and another, you know, that worry will be lessened for sure. And also it it brings the cost down as well. And hopefully after all of these things by 2030 or at 2030, they will comfortably achieve their target to have 50% of the total sales, total global sales uh, to be electric or hybrid. But Daniel, we've heard so many of these plans, so I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on this. Well, I think <laughs> Nissan is on the right track because they, they, they were playing with the Leaf for God knows how many years ago. Remember the first Leaf, I think it was like 10 years ago. And then also, you know, when they partnered with Renault, Renault had the Zoe, which was basically using a lot of the Leaf technology. So they are actually one of the top Japanese car maker when it comes to uh, electrification. So I think their direction makes a lot of sense. Also, because they have right now a growing market in China. And, you know, in China, everybody wants an electric car right now. And the Nissan Leaf is not an expensive car. It's a car for the mass population, which is what it should be in Malaysia. In fact, if you ask me, and you heard it here first. (laughs) I was waiting for that. The Nissan Leaf should be the national electric car of Malaysia. Ooh, I feel like that's an uncomfortable topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While the rest are not doing it, why not them? No, I mean, in an ideal world, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, It's a proven it, product. It's already yeah. you know used around the world. It's one of the most popular electric cars in the world. Why go and reinvent the wheel? Talk to Nissan and say, hey, let's do a JV, you know, technology transfer. Nissan would be so happy about this, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Anyway, let's anyway. move along. <laughs> we do have quite a big, mouthy, menacing BMW that we want to talk about. Oh, yes. And it's called the BMW XM. This is built to commemorate BMW Motorsport's 50th anniversary. And it's BMW M's second ever bespoke car in 50 years. And it's touted to be the most expensive and powerful BMW that you can buy in 2022. It's powered by a 750 horsepower, 1,000 newton meter uh, BMW Motorsport Hybrid V8. And this engine will be uh, in the upcoming M5 and all the other M cars that BMW has. Uh, this car essentially, you know, I mean, is big and garish. So it's definitely made to go against the Lamborghini Urus, the Audi RS Q8, the Cayenne Coupe, the Range Rover Sports. Uh, and it's become an increasingly popular segment of cars for the wealthy and influential. So yeah. I am sitting with two wealthy and influential people. Yes, oh, you are. Please. In- influential maybe with Daniel, mm. and wealthy <laughs> with yourself. I'm just sitting on the fence here. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Let's you know. Let's imagine we are the wealthy and influential. Uh-huh, uh-huh, let's uh-huh. say we've made our own, you know, hip hop album or become really successful with our semiconductor company. Okay, would you buy? A BMW XM. Well, I'm going to say no because you know what? This design, <laughs> I've just got so many comments that you know it's not allowed on Malaysia. KDM will not. <laughs> I'm sorry, this this car doesn't do it for me. Gentlemen, you you take it away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Remember those uh, '90s video games that you used to get on the PlayStation? The the ones yes. that kind of look like all very polygony and angular, and it, it, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, you know something. This car is called the BMW XM, right? Uh huh. To me, it looks like a SUV version of the Citroen XM. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. It just has lines going everywhere, but yes. it's definitely not as classy. The Citroen at least look polished. So I, I think, you know, somebody has to take the whole BMW design team out to an optician, do like a group <laughs> eye test. Okay, you know, um, if you look at the pictures of it, you know, directly front on, right? And the kidney grills, which are no longer kidney grills, yeah, it looks like uh, some kind of animal that has a huge nostrils and really tiny eyes. Oh, mm. okay. You guys have dogs, right? Or had dogs? Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, when everybody takes pictures of their dogs with a fish eye lens, and the dog is smelling the camera. You're right. This exactly. Is you exactly. You, you you got it exactly right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It is very bizarre. Uh, so what you're saying is all the guys at BMW Design House are using fish eye lenses for glasses. It does no, seem like that, right? <laughs> but anyway, you know, one man's meat is another man's fish. I'm not going to comment anymore about the looks of this car. I just think. No, I'm not buying it. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that is exactly what BMW's designer said. There's little point in playing it safe with the design because people will hate it and love it. And then as much as I dislike it, it looks exactly like what the buyers want, which is big, extremely unique, menacingly powerful. These are statement pieces. And I guess, you know, it's one of the reasons why uh, the Aston Martin DBX, I guess, hasn't really taken off like the Lamborghini Euros because it kind of looks like... You know, uh, you, you know what? Fancy Cayenne. <laughs> no, it looks like the Infinity Q7. The yeah. people buying this are people that wear grills on their teeth and have tattoos on their face. Yes. No, the people buying this are the same people who go and buy a Rolls Royce Cullinan. The Cullinan is for turning up at other people's houses. Uh, yes. The XM is for turning up at the red carpet events. Right. 
all in all, it will probably be a fantastic success. Um, obviously, the lines and the colors are not going to be as wildish and garish as it is because this is a concept. It's very close to production, but it is a concept. So we will see the production version of this car come out uh, next year at the end of 2022. Okay. Uh, we're still at the very beginning of December. Let's take a break. Yes. Ladies and gents, you tuned in to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined, of course, by my friends Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my and Arif Ruse. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Cruise Control. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone, as usual, with Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, I'm poor Daniel. That's Rich Bradbury. I'm poor Daniel. <laughs> oh, he's so good. He's so good. And of course, uh, as usual, it's that man with the news, Mr. Arif Ruse. I don't have an interesting fun <laughs> for, for you guys. I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> it's year end. We can afford to relax a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so local car launches, Arif. What have we got uh, this week? Some interesting news uh, to kick things off. Uh, you know, the Suzuki Jimny. And uh, a couple of months ago, we were complaining about, oh, it's too expensive. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody was complaining. And what's happened, Daniel? It sold out. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> un- <laughs> unlike a lot of other brands where, you know, they bring in 20 units and they say sold out, uh-huh. this is 109 units as of two days ago, Monday. Today afternoon, they told me it's already 111. So, people don't care about the price. They only care about the Jimny brand. Well, Jimny Cricket. It's not that people don't care about the price. We have too many well-to-do Malaysians. Uh. <laughs> and I think these are people who already have you know, expensive cars in their garages. They already have maybe four or five cars. I, I don't think a person will just buy this as their one car in the garage. Yeah. Because that's a lot of money to pay. $168,000 is a lot of money to pay for something this small yet cute. That's true. It's it's a basic car with hardly any amenities, to be honest. Right. And then I'm going to tell you something. Again, people are saying, you know, oh, you know, the local distributor, Nasa Eastern, is charging too much. No, no, no. Because this car from Japan is already expensive, okay? Mm-hmm. And in early 2020, they stopped selling it in UK. Why? Because of its emissions. The 1.5 engine is a simple engine, so the emissions were too high, so the UK government stopped the sale of the car. And, you know, even with the stop of the sale, there was like a huge back order, so they had to fill up the back order. By the time they filled up the back order, they came up with a plan to reintroduce the Jimny in UK as a commercial vehicle for construction and oil and gas and all that, right? Uh Uh-huh. And it's back on the top of the chart. (laughs) (laughs) That's smart. Even with the high price. And this is the price from the factory, you know, gentlemen. So, they are saying, hey, you like, you like, you don't like Tumbai. Yeah. They are laughing. They're probably sitting in the factory and laughing and saying, look at the world. We give them this simple, cheap product at a high price and they want to buy it. You know? <laughs> I mean, if I had some money and some garage space, I would go out and buy Jimny in a heartbeat, to be honest. So, that means you're saying you're willing to pay $168,000. If I had $168,000. Okay. 
<laughs> Richard, I know, I know no. your name is Rich Bradbury, but no. you pay 168. No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you said that because you will not fit inside. <laughs> <laughs> it is a really small car, Richard. I mean, uh, it's nice, it's cute, but uh, no, that's just a ridiculous amount. Of exactly, exactly. Daniel, imagine if back in the day they had uh, some of those uh, chimneys with the uh, cabriolet roofs, right? Yes, yes. Rich could probably fit in one of those. Yeah. <laughs> On a rainy yeah. day? On I'm a rainy day? It'd be great until it rains, which is like <laughs> yeah. every other day here, you know. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you, if you remember, when the previous chimney, the, the last generation chimney was launched in Malaysia about six years ago, mm. under Suzuki Malaysia, when they were here, it was selling for 89 thousand ringgit and even then people saying it was too expensive and then when they came out with a special edition for about 91 people still say oh you know too expensive but they were all sold out you know so this is almost 70,000 ringgit more it's also going to be sold out so now if you go into a Suzuki showroom to buy this car you got to wait till April next year to get your car crazy Mm. The thing is, the more you put it on a wait list, the more people are going to want it. And so the more the price is going to go up, it's it's a vicious circle. And, you know, the more we talk about it, more people want to buy it. They'll be like, why? Why do we need to buy this? I just want to buy it. It's 116,000 ringgit. Guys, we're telling you, it's expensive. You know, people like to buy this. Come on, that should tell you everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, another car that uh, I wouldn't mind buying because it kind of looks expensive for a family car is the brand new Kia Carnival. Oh, this is such a good-looking MPV. Right? This thing is absolutely massive. 11 seats and it fits its name perfectly. It's fit for a trip to a carnival, whatever that right. is anymore. Right. And I'd imagine because it has 11 seats, it might feel like a clown car when people are getting out of it because right. it just seems like you know people won't stop getting out of it. Yes. And it's an actual, it's proper 11 seats and not no jump seats, huh? So the the arrangement goes two, three, three, two. The final row at the back is a bit cramped, but it's better than some cars like the Volkswagen Tiguan Allspace at the yes. back. And you have 11 seat belts. Ah, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So it's a proper family MPV for a large family or for a lot of ministers to go on a road trip. And you can move around the seats, right, as well. So you can have yes. uh, two, three, three, two, 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 three, two, three, three. Stop three. saying my phone number, man. Okay. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> this has just been launched by, by the Bajaya Group. Okay. They are in partnership now with Kia Malaysia. Uh-huh. So this car is going to initially come in as a fully imported model. So don't expect it to be as well priced as the previous model, which was selling from 165 to about 185 mm-hmm. uh-huh. Because there are two versions, uh, also diesel engines. This one is still a diesel engine, 2.2 diesel engine, full round of safety features, uh, infotainment system, everything fully loaded. You know, there's nothing else you should should add in. Uh, maybe just car coating if you need to. So you heard it here first. I estimate the price to be 188 to 198 Okay. Yep. Fully imported, 188 to 198 This is my estimation. And I think it'll do well because, you heard it here first, this is a direct competitor... To what car, gentlemen? The Jimny. No. No, 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 no. The Jimny fits inside. <laughs> Probably does. Okay, so what's a direct competitor? What do you think? Hyundai Starex. Nope. Is it a Toyota? No. You see, everyone thinks it's a Toyota Alpha or the Velfire yes. or the Starex or the Staria. The direct competitor is the recently launched Mercedes Vito Tourer. Also 11 seats. That's actually a 10-seater. So this has got one seat more. That's fully imported at 320000 This is fully imported at just about 200000 This is a luxury MPV. That's a luxury MPV. It's just the badge branding that sets it apart. 
And to be honest, this looks a little bit less cut cost than the Mercedes does. As bad as exactly it because that started off as a commercial van and it and it's gone up to MPV uh-huh. status. Uh-huh. This started off as a luxury MPV. Yeah. So I think yeah. this will do well, gentlemen. <clears throat> Me too. It's good looking. I'll give you that. I think in some ways also it looks less like an MPV and more like a stretch SUV. It, it reminds me of the old Honda Odyssey. Low slung and long, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Especially when that side door's open as well. It's got, mm. a, it's got a nice look to it. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes. also from Bajaya Group, from the same press release, they've also launched the Mazda BT50. A Mazda pickup truck in Malaysia. Yes, well, you know, they had the old BT50, which was a joint venture with Ford Motor Corporation. So it shared everything with the Ford Ranger. Mm-hmm. And then they went quiet for some time. And now they are in joint venture with Isuzu. So this comes in two variants, exactly like the new D-Max, a 1.9 and a 3-liter. Same engine spec, same drivetrain, but with the Mazda exterior and interior. And if you look at the exterior of this car, it looks the front actually looks a lot like the CX-8. Yeah. Mm-hmm but with the rear of a pickup truck. And when you get inside, it's got all the design elements of the, of the Mazda CX-5, CX-8, you know? I was looking at the, uh, all the photos that they were sending us. Right. And it was very clear to me that they wanted to brand this car, uh, this truck, as a very, very classy truck. Okay. I don't know. Is that possible? Is, you know, is a classy truck a thing? Because they're all big. They're all not vulgar, but vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I think what Mazda is trying to say is let's change it, you know? And also, something I noticed in the press release, because it is based on the Isuzu D-Max, right. they had 35 photos, lots of close-ups, front angle, side angle shots, but only two pictures of the rear of the truck because right. there's only so much you can do with the back of a pickup truck to make it look different. And it's, it literally feels like they just added a chrome handle and stuck a Mazda badge on a D-Max. <laughs> Well, it might actually be the a complete product from the Isuzu uh, company, but you know, end of the day, it still looks good. And I actually can see a lot of not urban cowboys. I can see a lot of professional people thinking maybe I can look at a pickup truck because the price is quite favorable right now. Uh, speaking of price, you can buy the one point nine liter blue power engine with three hundred and fifty newton meters of torque. That's one hundred twenty seven thousand ringgit, or you can step up to the big three liter with four hundred fifty newton meters of torque at one hundred forty five thousand. So I guess the question I have for you guys is, would you consider this over an Isuzu D-Max? Mm, hard to say. Or a Ranger? Well, you know, the price is so close to the D-Max, it'll boil down to what it's like on the inside. Because, you know, exterior looks is, you know, both are good looking. It's just yeah. the interior. How how much better has Mazda done uh, with the interior fit and fitment and, you know, the way the materials flow together? We'll have to see it in person because I've not seen this truck in person. What he said. What he said. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, there we have it. Finally, we have one more car launch before we head to the break, and it's mm. the uh, Porsche 911 GT3. And I feel like this is Malaysia's most favorite 911 of all time because mm. it seems like everybody has one. Well, at least in the Klang Valley or hidden in some warehouse somewhere. But mm. it is the natural choice for the track day enthusiast. We only have really one racetrack here, which is Sabang, and everybody goes to it. You need a fast cup car that can also be you know taxed on the road and driven safely and still look pretty in your garage so this is the 911 gt3 it's the quintessential porsche it's the 911 that's turned up to 11 instead of the regular turbo flat six engine we have a naturally aspirated four liter flat six with 510 horsepower 
470 newton meters of torque, 320 kilometer hour top speed, 2.8 second sprint, 0 to 100, and the car has carbon fiber body panels, lightweight glass, lighter wheels, which means that this 911 GT3 weighs just about as much as a Prozon at about 1,400 kilograms. It even has the suspension from the Le Mans winning Porsche 911 RSR, which is one step above the GT3 in terms of the Porsche 911 hierarchy. Uh, you can get an adjustable diffuser wing setup that allows for the downforce to increase by over 150%. All of this for a base price of $1.76 million, uh, because you can always spend a bit more with Porsche exclusive manufacturers to get it customized to your pink colors and green colors and all of those things. Uh, $1.76 million base price. And you know something? You can also get it as a manual. Yeah. I'll, can, can I have two for Christmas, please? Of course you can, because you're rich. Bread. Yeah, I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> well, Rich, don't you remember? You're, you've already bought a Taycan. Oh, this yes. is true. Yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> I did. The that was friend. in UK, right? Yes, yes. Update on that. It turns out that I share my email address with two other Rich Bradbury's. One in the UK, one in the US. Did I tell you that? The second one, the, the US, is a very interesting guy. Who is this? <laughs> um, his name is Rich Bradbury, uh, unsurprisingly. People call him Dick, and he's very fond of his guns. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got to change the subject very quickly. We'll just leave it at Yeah, yeah. Let's head to the break. <laughs> Ladies and gents, of course, you are tuned into Cruise Control with me, Rich Bradbury, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my, and Arif Roos. He's the man with the news. When we come back, a very fancy um, car review. It's the Lexus LC500 topless version. We'll be right back. BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. I've been stuck on the phone for the last half an hour or so with my friends. Uh, Arif Roos, he's the man with the news, and Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. Say hello, fellas. Hello. Hello, and good evening, and welcome back. Um, just before we get on to this uh, car review, um, Arif, what's going on with the uh, Instagram page? How many uh, followers do we have? How popular are we exactly on Instagram right now? We are 470-something thousand million uh, followers. Uh, I urge everybody to follow our Instagram at BFF Cruise Control to add to our numbers. Right, well, let's do that. Obviously, it's not as much as that, but uh, we will be coming out with some videos and I'll be test driving some cars in the next couple of months and weeks as well. So do follow us over there. Now then, um, who was uh, driving around this thing this weekend then? The only person who can realistically afford one in this group. <laughs> and that's me, gentlemen. That's me. <laughs> I've also got lots of money. <laughs> Loads of money. Yeah, but I gave back the car after four days. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is the Lexus LC500. Mm. But the topless version, which means it's a convertible. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we got it for the weekend and, you know, I got to say, like, you know, I love my job. I really love my job. Not all the time, but I love my job. And when I got this car, I mean, I'm not the first to get it. I'm not the second. I'm not the third. I'm not the fourth. I'm not the fifth. I'm not the sixth. I'm not the seventh. not the eighth. not the ninth. But when I got this car, it was still in immaculate condition. The tires were still 
you know, full of threat. So it, it looks like all the guys who got it before me didn't really abuse it. And it's very obvious because even though, even though it's a 4-litre V8, normal aspirated supercar, you don't want to just whack it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's such a beautiful looking car. The LC, as a coupe, was also already a good looking car. But now as a convertible, the lines, the lines are so lovely. That that top, when it folds in, you know, that whole mechanism, when it works, you know, it, it's, it's, it's magical. It's noiseless, it's quiet, it's smooth, it's sleek. And it does it in just a couple of seconds. I did a video on it. It was really quick, up and down. But end of the day, you drive this car and you say to yourself, look at me. People, uh-huh. look at me. So you don't want to go fast. You want to be able to go slow enough for people to see you, but fast enough for them not to catch up and throw something in the car, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because there'll be some guys saying, bloody hell, this is trying to show off. I throw uh-huh. my can of drink inside. But it's a lovely car. It's a four-seater. The back two seats look very small, but I managed to squeeze in my wife at the back and she could sit rather okay, comfortable. Uh. Long distance cannot lie, you know? Mm. There's a decent sized boot for a weekend getaway. This car is designed for two people, you know, end of the day. It's wide, it's a bit long, but it fits into a car park space beautifully. It's got some very nice lines on it. It's got large 21 inch wheels. They're gorgeous looking wheels. The finishing on it, I would like to take one of those wheels and make it into a coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> Put it flat down, put a glass top on it, and that's a coffee table because it's such a gorgeous wheel. And then you've got low-profile tires on it. There's run-flat tires, so you don't, you don't carry a spare tire. Um, you start the car immediately, that V8 growls, you know, it goes up to about 1,500 revs, and then it settles down to 800, and it's still, you know, it's, it's a rumble. And... And this car, despite all that, you know, drama, acceleration and everything else, do you know you have an eco mode on it, just like any other Lexus? Oh. And when you have an eco mode, it's actually quite frugal on fuel, you know? You you usually don't see your your fuel meter moving downwards very fast. But if you put it on Sports Plus, then you see your fuel going. But then the car is fast. Okay, let me give you some figures just to, you know, tickle you a little bit, okay? Five Mm -hmm. liter V8. Front engine, rear wheel drive. Now, this car does 470 horsepower. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it is powerful. 540 newton meters of torque. Now, you got a 10-speed automatic transmission. Yeah. I think 10 is too much, but Lexus loves their 10-speed. So, the shifts are quick to ensure that you don't drink too much fuel. The 0 to 100 acceleration time is 4.7 seconds. This may sound a little bit disappointing because you've got a lot of hot hatches now that are already doing sub-5 seconds. Maximum speed allowed and limited is 270. We did not try to reach that speed. We were just cruising to 100, 110. This car is 200 pounds heavier than its hardtop sibling. Yeah. Now... The problem with this car, I'm going to share with you some of the problems with the car. Besides the beautiful build quality, the nice driving dynamics, the acceleration, the engine noise, the wonderful uh, hood mechanism and everything else is the price. Now, this is uh, <laughs> this is where it gets me a little bit. With the SST discount, it's just over 1.2 million ringgit. Oh. So, you might say, why so much? Huh? Now, a 
a direct competitor will be the Porsche 911 convertible, okay? Uh-huh. And that's like a hundred thousand ringgit cheaper. I'm talking about all brand new. Don't talk about recon or use or anything like that, lah. Then you got the new Mercedes SL about to be launched in Malaysia. It was launched in UK. Now, if you talk about the price and you know estimation and all that, will be around 1.1 million also, which is slightly cheaper than this car. Uh-huh. Then you got cars that are costing much more. Much more means it's not like 1.3, 1.4. I'm talking about already you know 1.92 million, which is the Aston Martin DBS Superleggera Volante. And then you got the Ferrari Portofino, the Ferrari SF90 Spider, and the Lamborghini Huracan Spider. Who is this we've got on the phone with, Eric? I don't know. And Daniel. then you got a you got a whole bunch of people, which which was actually one of my friends who came and told me, "Hey, this guy is nice, but what about a Ford Mustang 5 liter V8 convertible?" Ah, that is true. That is true. So that's a four seater. That's a nice big brute car. But that is not officially sold yet. The convertible, grey importers do bring it in. But if you were to bring in a brand new one, I would estimate it'll be just under a million ringgit. But grey imports are going for about three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand without warranty and after sales. But anyway, that's uh, another competitor to this car. So here lies the problem. If you were in this price range of say one point two million ringgit, you would probably lean towards. The Porsche 911 Cabrio, like Arif said earlier, it's a very popular Porsche in Malaysia. Or you might say, you know, I'm tall and 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 well built like Richard Bradbury, and I prefer the Mercedes SL because it's got more space for me in the inside, right? Mm-hmm. And it's slightly cheaper than this car. So this is the problem with the LC 500, and this problem is is not allowing many Malaysians to take ownership because when they think about the price and say, you know. I pay less money, I get a German. You, you know what I mean? Or I pay a lot more money and I get an Italian. You know? Yep. So this Japanese supercar tends to sit somewhere in between, and it's not really taking a lot of effect. So selling numbers have been a little bit slow in Malaysia. From from what they tell me, four units have already been sold. Okay. Mm. If you compare to the rivals, which have already hit, you know, double digit, uh, this is actually not that good. But it's because It's a Japanese, and what a lot of people also tend to quickly forget is Lexus reliability is the best in the market. You yeah, know? Lexus, you know, after sales, best in the market. I'm not talking about Malaysia. I'm talking about globally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you drive a Lexus like this, you will stand out in the car park. Any car park you go, filled with German luxury cars, Italian luxury cars, this car will stand out. And I experienced that for myself when I was on the road early in the morning on Sunday, taking my youngest son out for a early morning drive. I saw Italian supercar owners giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it. No, they're probably saying, "Hey, you bought the Japanese, eh?" <laughs> And then the other one is thumbs up. Hey, you really put the top down, eh? It's going to rain soon, you know. <laughs> you're very brave. Uh, so this is the thing, lah. But I think they were also appreciating the lines of the car because it is a very good-looking car. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think I want to add a few points that basically agrees with Daniel. As mentioned, you know, when people think, "Oh, fancy car, 1.2 million ringgit sports car," it's a sports car that you have always dreamed of, and not many people will obviously think of, you know, a fancy Lexus. People will think of the Porsches, the BMWs, the Jags, all of those, but never a Lexus. You know, this car has been out for I think the better part of three years, and yes. I've been watching a lot of reviews about this car because it's you know it's hard to understand where it belongs and why it even exists. 
it's a sports car from Lexus. You just, you know, it's not something that you immediately think of. But from videos that I've watched and uh, from what I'm hearing from Daniel also is this Lexus LC500 just kind of gives you this uh, I don't care sort of feeling about it. Yeah, I'm so right. I really don't care what you think. That's why it does exist, though, right? The the very fact that it's like, yeah, you've got a Porsche, you've got a Ferrari, you've got a Lamborghini. I've got a Lexus sports car. How many of you have got one of these? Yes. Yeah, and mine starts every time. Yes, it's, a, it's still a five liter V eight. It's still super comfortable. You can still take it on holidays and you know drive with the top down and everything. It's underrated, honestly. This car mm. underrated. I would love to get my hands on those. But yeah, any closing statements, Daniel? I'll I'll only say this. I mean, you know, after listening to what we say, and you know, maybe you look at the pictures or you read the review. Why not you just go to a Lexus showroom and take it for a test drive? If you have the financial ability to own a car like this. Take it for test drive because, you know, all Lexus showrooms have a, a glass wall. So when you drive along the glass wall, you can see yourself in the reflection and say, all right, brother, you know? I look good in that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because this car top down is very, very good looking. All right. And on that note, we shall wrap up for this week. Uh, this, of course, has been Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. If you're only just tuning in, you've heard us talking a little bit about road tax renewals, Nissan's lofty goals, a big, menacing BMW, um, some Kia launches, some Mazda launches, uh, some Porsche launches too. And then, of course, that discussion all about the Lexus LC500. It's a beautiful looking thing, if a touch pricey. you miss any part of this show, head over to wherever you normally listen to your podcast from. We recommend that BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. I'm Rich Bradbury on behalf of Ari Fruz and Daniel Fernandez. This has been Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.